In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome to Quality Matters. We're brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. Um, we have an upcoming event that we want to talk about before we dive into our episode. Yes. A little the, more than an event. A little more than an event? Well, well yes, yes. It's a new a new thing Kyle is doing with some other business professionals. Yes. It's called the Business Visionaries Book Club. Correct. And once a month, you're going to get together with a couple of guys, mm-hmm. Steve Lewis with Eternal Energy. Yep. And um, Rob... With True Core. Correct. I just had a brain fart and forgot his last name. Thompson. <laughs> Thompson. That, Thompson. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to say it wrong. Um, so those are going to be your core guys. Correct. And you're going to talk about a different book every month. That's it. And sometimes you'll have a guest on. Correct. The first one is coming up Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday April the 20th. 20th. Yeah. Tuesday, April 20th. So maybe even the same day this is released. Okay. So... Check the live It'll be on YouTube. So if you missed live stream, it's still on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You can find it on Kyle's LinkedIn, um, different places. It's undecided as to whether or not I might pop in on this first one. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I might be there, might not. But it's going to be a once a month thing. This first one is called Never Split the Difference. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's about negotiating. It's a very interesting book if you haven't read it. It's from yes. a professional negotiator who did some... Hey, don't give away all the secrets. Legit negotiations. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it's really fascinating, the, the ties to, to business. And so that, that's kind of how we're going to be approaching it. Like I'm coming at it from the quality management side. You've got Steve over here. It's kind of like the, uh, the the executive business side. And you got Rob from you know sales development. So really, really neat way to attack this. I think it'll be a lot of fun for small business owners or really anyone and, uh, you know, that just wants to learn a little bit more. And and as a side note, it's an evening yes. event, like six. Yep. Is that what you're doing at six? I think there might be whiskey involved while We they're... haven't decided yet. Oh, okay. Thinking so... on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all can have whiskey while yeah. you watch it if you want to. Um, so uh, tune into that. Look for that. Yep. Um also, before we get started, we always invite you guys to comment and send us messages. And recently, we've gotten quite a few. Um, but Kyle tends to send them to me over text, and then I lose them in family business texts. <laughs> um, so just this morning, Kyle sent me one that he received on LinkedIn from Angie Davenport. And she said, Good morning, Kyle. I want to thank you for hosting the Quality Matters podcast with your wife. That's me. I thoroughly <laughs> didn't. I don't think people knew that yet. I thoroughly enjoy listening to you two laugh and talk back and forth about quality issues. It's a breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. <laughs> Seriously, to hear other people's struggles with problems I deal with every day. Keep up the great work and pass the message to your wife, also, please. So, Angie, thank you for the kind words. Yes. And he did pass the message along. Yes. So, kudos to him. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. That's what we, we try to do, you know, is 
I listen to a lot of these podcasts, and y'all probably take honestly about the first hour of the day to listen and learn to something, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's an audiobook, podcast, or whatever. And so many of them are so daggum dry and boring. And I'm like, just liven it up a little bit. Have a little bit of fun. You know, not so uh, intellectual. So Make it more of a conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about, well, the only thing we're going to well, I guess the third thing we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Kyle handed me a bunch of stuff before we started recording and said, talk about this, talk about this. So now I'm thrown <laughs> off my game. Um, I have an ASQ article about continuous improvement. I swear ASQ needs to sponsor something because like, we use them a lot. It's really where I get the majority of my ideas from. And again, as our listeners, if you have something you want us to talk about, I am very serious when I say, please send me a message. It's a little bit of a struggle (laughs) to find new things every week. Um, So we are open to ideas. So this is about continuous improvement. I briefly skimmed slash read the article, but they talk about a lot of things that I don't understand. It's more um, coming, I think, from a lean Six Sigma point of view, which makes it difficult for me to understand. Well, when you, if all you do is ISO 9001 and API and such, when you hear the term continuous improvement, you immediately jump to clause 10 in your mind. And we're talking about continual improvement. Continue us improvement has a different connotation than continual improvement. Oh. So when you hear continue us, think Lean Six Sigma. When you hear continue all, think management system. Well, see, you learn something new every day. Because I picked this out excited, and then it was more of a Lean Six Sigma reference. And um, not to say that that's a bad thing. but It's not. But the author is, I think, clearly involved in that. And Mm -hmm. so the article was a little more difficult for me to understand. So basically, just talking about the the challenges. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that people face and she says the first gap begins with a weak project funnel usually into some other project right and it doesn't really uh, get taken care of I guess or not Uh, clear definitions I give a little more detail there because I I can think of a couple of examples that I've run into you know in the last few months so give a little more detail about what they mean by one project funnel into another well there's not a lot of detail she said that it may be perceived as something other than transformation. The first gap begins with a weak project funnel feed into agile or LSS projects, which early in the article, she talked about agile and LSS. Um, What is VOC? Do you know? VOC? I don't know that that one. I was hoping you were going to ask agile. Oh, here we go. Voice of the customer. Oh, yes. Voice of the customer. So, um, she says it may include a lack of rigor in translating the voice of her customer to requirements, poor okay. identification of root causes or hypotheses, yeah, and poor linkage of value to the key performance indicators or the KPIs. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you know, just last night our kids were arguing and bickering right before bed. And one of the oh, you the, can't use that. We're going to use that in the next one. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I already did, so I'm, I'm just going to do it here because <laughs> I already did. Because I don't really like editing these things and chopping things out, so I'm just barreling forward here. <laughs> and so one of the kids comes in, complaining, doesn't 
matter too much details here, but he's complaining about the other one did something. And it's like, it doesn't matter how far back you go. Eventually, I'm going to find the root cause occurred on the day they were born. Like, these issues have, have been there, and it's just this constant back and forth. So at some point, you have to sit down and figure out what is the expected output we get from this. Sometimes root cause analysis is the best way to solve these problems. Other times, what's the output we want to achieve? And when, she, you know, the mention of transformational, that's kind of where transformational change is needed. Solving the root cause isn't even going to work for us because we can't clearly identify it. There's so many causal factors. We just got to go in a new direction. And that's kind of what we did last night. We're going to go in a new direction. Of course, that child's not going to be very happy with it when he receives his punishment to guide him <laughs> in that direction. Um. Yeah, so then she talks about <laughs> the second gap being suboptimal value creation. So um, I'm trying to comprehend this and put it into my own words. So are we trying to put value on the new improvement? Oh, yeah. There's... I. We've covered this briefly before, and I just made a little document to put online for it, is there's two reasons people are going to change. There's really only two reasons. One, they find value in it intrinsically, and they're on board. That's the best way. The other way is what we ran into last night, where it's simply forced and it's coercion to get people to do it. So you have to create the value for the people that are enacting the change. You know, if you can't get these folks on board, okay. get kind of your internal champions, you got people ready to do it. Everyone hates change. So this is about creating value for the people that have to make the change. I would think so. Yes. Okay. And so then she says the final gap is when the project is completed and then the suboptimal value is realized. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like if you go through all it's let me back up a second. So it's like anything in business. You want a certain return on that investment, right? So when you hear the term ROI, they're usually putting dollar figures next to it. And right. you can put dollar figures to everything. You really can. Sometimes it's a stretch for people to understand, but you know, if you put a hundred hours into a project, you expect something in return for it. Maybe you expect a direct return of what each hour is worth to get out of it. Maybe you expect time savings in the future. So if I put in 100 hours in this project this month or this, this quarter, well, I expect to save so much every quarter thereafter. And sometimes if these projects aren't implemented well, if people don't get on board with it, if you don't get the change you're looking for or the shift in the culture you're looking for um, – you just wasted your time. I mean, it's literally spinning your wheels. Yeah, and that, we've had so many conversations about shifting the culture and yeah. getting people on board. And I feel like that just keeps coming up and coming up. And is that just the biggest struggle? It is. And I, it, honestly, I think this is the same thing that I run into when listening to these podcasts and lectures in the mornings is people tend to attack these from a very intellectual or very authoritative role, right? Even the article you're reading right now is, yeah. is, is it is meant for a smart person, probably way smarter than I am. That's who this article is meant for. But the people enacting this stuff, I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm saying they're different people. They're not the intellectual quality geeks. 
And you have to break it down to that level. If you can't do that, you're not going to get good change. You're going to get change that's enacted by authority. They told me to use this form. I use this form. Well, why do you use it? Because they told me to. Yeah, I, I'm scanning this article and I don't, I'm not trying to criticize this person or the article Mm-mm. or Lean Six Sigma or anything. Um, so then the next section of the article is bookending agile, which is kind of what she's using for continuous right. improvement with Lean Six Sigma. And she goes on to talk about assembling the team. And there's three different or two different bookends but none of them really include the guy on the floor kind of a thing (laughs) like you know we need a process engineer we need an SME we need business leaders we need agile experts more process engineers and more process engineers right and LSS embedded SMEs yeah but it's it's not the person on the floor that's actually going to be working the change yep. now they could consider the sme could be someone that's on the floor but it's probably not going to be just your average joe that's working there that's involved in this project and those are the projects that succeed extraordinarily well if you can get someone that is on the lowest rings of the company involved in the project and legitimately involved in the project you're gonna have success i mean it's just it's gonna happen So I know we've talked about kind of who Six Sigma is for Mm -hmm. versus ISO 9001. So give us a quick refresher. Sure. People will disagree with me on this, and that's fine. I mean, they disagree with you on how you do quality management. Well, they do. (laughs) do. Um, So we've got, you know, with LSS, I kind of, I I don't really like the way that they're often combined into one single methodology because a lean methodology is its own thing. Six Sigma is its own thing. And, you know, quality management systems are its own thing. Um, So there's this idea of total quality management, which is something we don't really work with uh, very often, but total quality management is a way of encapsulating all of these ideas. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's, it's part of the uh, in outbirth of the Toyota production system, which is where Six Sigma was born. Uh, Six Sigma is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic methodology, and it is a methodology. It's a way of working, analyzing, gathering data that is just phenomenal when you have large sets of data. If you've got small okay. sets of data, I mean, if you've only got 100 data points and you had a bad day, like your whole data is screwed, you know, skewed. Well, screwed too, but skewed. <laughs> <laughs> it's all skewed. You know, you have to have a lot of data points because you're talking on when you go out to six sigma, that's less than one in one point five million operations. So if you're gonna get to six sigma, you, you've gotta have an enormous number of data points. Lean, on the other hand, which goes well with six sigma, but it's not the same. Um, a great example that, you know, is used all the time is if you have a, uh, assembly line and we even did this when I, uh, worked for, you know, previous company is we'd have parts go into the shop. How many times did that part travel back and forth across the shop before it gets to the end point? So that's kind of the idea with lean is like, why make that part travel two miles inside the shop over the course of six weeks when it could just travel a hundred yards? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the lean idea. Um, but none of this requires you to write a procedure, 
I mean, explicitly requires writing a procedure. You should, but none of it requires explicit procedure writing. It doesn't require explicit. Six Sigma or Lean doesn't Correct. require those things. Because they're methods of doing things. Okay. When you look at ISO 9001, API, you know, ASME, all of these, they have strict requirements for documentation for the process. So these are tools to improve a process. Six Sigma and Lean are tools to improve a process. Quality management, which is what we deal with, is all about defining the process. I guess I I wanted to understand that to see if Six Sigma maybe didn't affect the guy on the floor as much as quality management principles did. But it does. It does. He just wouldn't know very well how it did unless he or someone else was involved. What often happens, and they're good and bad practitioners of, of uh, Six Sigma, a, a decent good practitioner of Six Sigma is going to bring the machinist in on it. You know, if we're looking at a machine, and maybe it's just a tooling arrangement. You know, maybe he spends too much time looking for tooling. His tooling gets dull and broken too often. Mm -hmm. And we think we can improve his efficiency by 25%, which means we can do 25% more work. And the profits um, increase exponentially off of that. So that 25% improvement in efficiency could double or triple your profits. That's fantastic for everyone. So a good practitioner, they're going to have uh, certain events where, and I'm going to not use the Japanese jargon here because I hate hearing it. Um, really hate hearing it. You mean uh, Kaizen? Shush. <laughs> and there's gimbo walks and there's all this other stuff. I don't know what it means. I just know the word. <laughs> so I'm not using any of the jargon. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to observe the guy. They're going to get this team that this article is describing, and this is all great ideas, is get the team together. Let's observe the machinist. Let's observe him for a few days. Let's see how he does things. Let's really dig in and understand things. And that is one way to do it. And in some situations, that's a great way to do it. The other situation is what I prefer, which is I just go to the machinist and I say, what's the biggest problem in your day? Oh, no, I just kind of do my work, go home. Oh, cool. Hey, uh, what do you think slows you down the most? You know, wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to work so much overtime? Well, that's what I was thinking as you're talking. It seems like Six Sigma are the, you know, big men on campus kind of a thing, mm -hmm. making the rules and the changes and saying, now you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and and like you said, having a team come and watch the machinists work. Wow, that doesn't make you nervous at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think back to when I was teaching and you knew it was your observation day and the principal right. who never comes in your room is going to come and sit for an hour and watch you teach. Like, oh. <laughs> Completely agree with you. Now, if we take it back to its root, its source, its inspiration, we go back to the Toyota production system. It's not, you know, in the 50s and 60s, 70s, it's not uncommon for you to be keenly observed all the time. Mm. So it's a part of the culture to keenly observe, document, review everything all the time. And the line level person has the same authority to stop the work as the supervisor. Now, okay. people talk about the stop work authority like that's so stupid. And for the most part, it is. Unless the guy on the floor is as involved and dedicated to the outcome of this process as the CEO is. Then, so it seems like maybe companies, organizations, culture in general not has just gotten too big mm -hmm. to really keep 
following in the spirit of how this stuff was designed yeah. to work. Yeah. And, and so it, it's wound up that Six Sigma is kind of uh, really should be relegated to a niche area for improvement. Because, well, yes, we can achieve a lot of improvement. But let's be honest. What are some of the positions they wanted to pull in on this? We're going to go a few oh, minutes over, but it's okay. Process engineers. That's um, a 150K job. Uh, subject matter LSS embedded subject matter expert. That's a 150k job. Business leaders. That's another 100 plus job. More process engineers. Agile experts. They ain't cheap. More process engineers. And they ain't cheap. And more LSS embedded SMEs. Okay. So let's think about the man hours of expertise that we're paying for to observe and document these problems. If we're not getting an accurate observation, it's all useless. You know, that's actually kind of a, a fun point I just thought of. So you're talking about when your principal comes in. Mm -hmm. When your principal comes in, do you teach the same way you taught the day before? Well, of course not. Right. And, you know, if you look at quantum mechanics, okay, I won't go too far down this road, but the Heisenberg uncertainty principle basically says um, that, you know, because particles are so small, the particles that you're observing are actually smaller than the light you're observing them with. So if you know the position of the particle, well, you've changed its velocity. If you can observe its velocity, you change its position. You can okay. never know anything accurately enough because the um, to the, observe them right, close enough it. is going to change it. Gotcha. Right. Well, it's kind of the same thing here. So now we've got all of this manpower coming in to do a big observation event. If we don't observe the actual regular work, mm -hmm. your whole process is flawed from the get go. And you wasted so, a lot of money. This is kind of one of those things I like about our our podcast and our episodes. It was really, I had intended for us to talk about apparently continual improvement <laughs> and not continuous improvement. And we kind of went down a different trail, yeah. which is fine. Um, but Kyle and I are really passionate about, I hate to even call them the little guys, mm -hmm. but you know, the hourly shop workers kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Cause you know, we've been them in yes. more than one way. Yes. And uh, we've been a part of that culture that didn't really work with us. Mm -hmm. And we want to change yep. that scenario and it helps everyone. It does. It helps the company and their bottom line because now your employee is working better and smarter. And because of that, that employee is happier. Mm -hmm. Like it's just so many ways that, it is. It will be a good thing. And it's it's a cascading impact. I mean, it really is. It's like little ripples in a pond. I mean, it, in any case. Um, yeah, we're, we're very passionate about it because I believe it's not just the good that it does for the company, but every single person that works there, every single family of the people that work there, there's some good that can radiate out from this. Now, before I end it, because I know I, I uh, kind of harp on the negatives of uh, Lean and Six Sigma a lot, and I am not an expert in such things, um, but I have studied it uh, a lot for a number of years, and it has its place. The problem I see is when people put it where it doesn't belong. You know, it, it's the wrong tool. And I feel like, and this is coming from a very inexperienced person <laughs> in these things, but I feel like companies would try to implement Six Sigma or Lean mm -hmm. because it sounds smarter and looks better, but maybe don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. And don't know that that's not really a good fit for their company. Or they get an overpriced consultant that sells them on value that's not quite there for them. 
You know, yeah. I have recently told a couple of companies, no, I'm I'm not going to work with you because. And not because the company is bad, no, but we're not a good fit. We're not a fit for you. We're not going to give you what you want. No, I am not going to work with you if I cannot give you the output you're expecting. <clears throat> so, um, you know, kind of tooting our own horn again, but that's just. It's that's, the way you need to work. That's one of our principles is integrity. And, yep. and we're not going to take a job just to take your money. Yeah. And uh, no, so this this is fun. It, it's good. I, I think we need to find an example where Six Sigma is useful at some point in the future, maybe to redeem how much I badmouth it. Well, then <laughs> that's probably going to be something that you're going to have to find because any article that references where Six Sigma is useful, I'm not going to be able to understand. <laughs> and that's probably why we haven't talked about it, to be fair okay. and okay. honest. Because <laughs> there really are some fantastic examples. I tend you... to avoid those on ASQ. Yeah. well you know i get it look the ideas of six sigma it is heavily embedded in some really really complex math you know i don't know if people ever pay attention to the books i have on the uh wall when i do the live streams i still have my uh quantitative analysis and uh you know measurements book and that was the single most fun class i ever took in college all right we're way over on time okay let's go all right thanks y'all Hey guys, this is Darcy with Quality Matters. We really appreciate you listening. And if you enjoy it, we invite you to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review. We're happy to hear from you.